It's time now for the Conqueror's Cafe Show. Your hour of empowerment and inspiration with your host, Twyla Reed, author of Broken Wings. Here we encourage you to spread your broken wings and keep soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedies into empowering moments. Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very special guest today that's here to share their testimony of hope and healing with us all. So don't move because you are definitely in for a treat today here on the Conqueror's Cafe. Well, good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show. I am your host, Twyla Reed, also known as your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. What an awesome day to just give God thanks for being God all by himself. It has been a beautiful day here in Savannah, Georgia. As you all know, I'm the author of Broken Wings, a true story of a mother's unwavering love for her son in the aftermath of a horrific car accident, which left him in a coma, paralyzed, and with a severe traumatic brain injury. That mother and son is my son and I. In this book, it's our journey through his recovery. It is our testimony of hope and healing, of how we use prayer and perseverance to overcome the hardship we endured during that time. I'm also the founder and CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization established to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to the community while providing support, resources, tips, and prevention insights. We educate, empower, and enlighten brain injury survivors, caregivers, and their family members by teaching them how to create the life they desire in spite of the challenges and devastation that accompany head injuries. We provide real-time working strategies to ideal well-being. A few of my books include Affirmations for the Mind, Body, and Soul. And this book is a guide for survivors of traumatic events. Oftentimes, after surviving a tragic event, your life can become chaotic. It can become hectic. You can fall into a state of depression, and you just may feel like your life is over and that you're not going to make it. Those challenges can become so overwhelming. They can really, really push you into a state of isolation. But this is the time that you cannot give up, and it is the time that you cannot give in. It's the time for you to truly, and I mean truly, understand the power of your words because it's through your words that you're going to find the strength and the will to turn your situation around. Through those words, you're going to find joy. It's through your words that you're going to find peace. And you are going to realize that you truly possess the power to turn your tragedy into triumph. And we also have resources for the caregivers. So we have caregivers listening to the show this evening. I invite you to visit my website and check out my book, What Do You Do When Caregivers Need Caregiving? So many times caregivers never stop to realize the importance of taking care of themselves while taking care of others. And being a caregiver myself now for almost 19 years, I was one who always, always put my needs on the back burner. So whether that need was self-care or just taking a moment to sit outside and feel the breeze and take a walk, I 
I had really lost myself in the caregiving process. And so in this book, I share techniques and strategies that every caregiver needs to walk away with the peace of mind and reassurance needed to continue on their caregiving journey. I also want to um, let you guys know that um, we are in the process of publishing and releasing a new book, a forthcoming book, A Warring Women, A Rise and Praise, will be released the first week of July. Uh, this is an anthology overflowing with heartfelt, heartfelt insightful petitions that will promote your communication with God to higher levels. How many of you know that the world is in a crisis right now? How many of you know that because we're in a crisis, there are specific prayers that you need to be petitioning God for? And myself, along with 12 inspirational authors, we've revealed our hearts and, and our minds to you to remind you that when you trust and depend on God, that he will never, ever allow negative circumstances to overcome you. We are providing prayers for various uh, uh, areas that you may need to go to God um, and petition God for during this time of crisis, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your children, whether it's uh, a prayer uh, uh, for the first thing in the morning, a bedtime prayer, a prayer of salvation, uh, the coronavirus prayer, whether it's a prayer uh, to um, help you get over anxiety and despair, and what about grace and mercy, a prayer for grief, a prayer for depression, so you're going to be able to pick this book up, open it up, and recite these prayers verbatim. And the more that you pray them, you're going to find yourself being, uh, I guess, more comfortable communicating with God, being specific, knowing what to go to God for and ask him for for such a time as this. A few of my other books, um, Confessions of a Caregiver, is a compilation of six caregivers showing chronicles of, of their caregiving journey. Uh, from Tragedy to Working Strategies, this also um, is a resource that I've written to help you become the strategist of your own destiny in spite of the challenges that you're facing. So we also have prayer journals and, and Bible study guides. Um, we just offer a plethora of resources to help you really understand that after a traumatic event that you can actually create the life that you desire in spite of the challenges and hardships that you're facing. All of my books can be found on my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, as well as your Walmart.com. Please visit my website at www.twilowreed.com to secure your autographed copy. Again, guys, happy Sunday. It is uh, an amazing day today. We just have an awesome, awesome guest today. Um, again, the weather here has been beautiful today. We had rain in the forecast, but thanks be to God, uh, the rain did not show up. So it has been a beautiful day with a beautiful breeze, just an awesome day. You know, just the day that God has graced us to see, and we should just be thanking him for that. Here on the Conference Cafe, we highlight authors, entrepreneurs, as well as survivors of traumatic events who have made it out victorious, and now they are here to share their testimony of hoping, healing with the world to offer encouragement. They want to offer inspiration to others as they travel on their own personal journey. So for today's episode or any of our other episodes, please visit our website at www.conquerorscafe.com. And while you're there, please don't forget to like, follow, and share our Facebook. 
Conqueror's Cafe. So if you or someone you know have experienced a tragic event, I invite you to contact me. Let's create the life that you desire in spite of the challenges that you may be facing so that you too can become the strategist of your own destiny. It is time for our devotional for this evening. And we are going to be coming from Second Chronicles, the 15th chapter, verse number 7. Second Chronicles, 15th chapter, verse number 7. And it reads, But you must be strong and not be discouraged. The work that you do will be rewarded. And I want to talk really quickly from this subject, don't give up. And the reason, um, I believe the Lord gave me this scripture today uh, because of the guest that we have today, a true survivor, uh, one that has been strong, and, and and I tell you, she's a fighter, and she did not give up. The Lord wants us to be strong during adversity. We should not become disheartened and give up when we face challenges. When the tides of change come rolling in and fear seems to be everywhere around us, God is there. His word is a solid, sure foundation that the storm cannot wash away. Our spiritual strength is revealed in the way we cope with adversity. When we're strong in the Lord, we can bear our burdens easily. But if we're not, even the smallest thing, the smallest burden will be too heavy for us. Whatever you're going through, Jesus knows all about it. And unlike other religions of the world, he is with us. He's not in the tomb. He's alive forevermore. He's in us, and he is for us. And not only that, the Bible tells us to be strong and not be discouraged because Jesus is always interceding on our behalf. I don't know about you, but that's enough right there. That's enough right there for us to give God a praise. When it looks like that he's doing nothing, oh, you better believe he's working busily behind the scenes. So if you're listening, are you waiting on an answer to something that you prayed about? Does it seem like it's taking forever for God to answer? If you're waiting on an answer for him, don't give up. Don't give in. He's moving on your behalf. You will never regret waiting on God, but if you move ahead of him, you just might regret that. He's ready. He knows the situation you're facing. He knows it all. Nothing ever catches God off guard. He knows that no one is aware of what you're going through. He knows that you haven't spoken a word to it about the situation to anybody. Our inner man must not become weak and fragile, even when our physical body does. So we must renew our strength in hard times. The Holy Spirit fills us with divine strength to overcome every challenge that we face. So we should not lose heart and give up. We must receive his mercy and his grace and favor in our life and, 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 and reap the harvest for all the good seeds that we've sown in our life. We shouldn't become weary of doing good and giving up our good work as we run our race with patience, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Hold on to faith. Don't be moved by what you see with your natural eyes. God is only calling upon us, saying, don't give in. Be resistant. He's also saying, he's challenging us, and he's saying, don't give up. Be consistent. 
Keep your relationship with God as your primary focus and priority. And most of all, don't let go and don't give up. Amen, amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We have an awesome guest, like I said today, a true survivor, but uh, we are going to take a quick break. So I want you guys to just sit tight, go on and grab your cup of tea, grab your cup of coffee. Um, You don't want to miss amazing uh, survivors that we have today. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and prevention insights. So if you are a survivor of a traumatic brain injury or a caregiver, please visit our website for more information at www.brokenwingsinc.org or please call 912-335-3799. Sister Sense, for personalized candles, gift baskets, and T-shirts for any occasion, please contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. Shipping is available. Again, contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866 for your custom-made, personalized gift basket, candles, and T-shirts. If you live in the Birmingham, Alabama area and you're looking for an organization where your child can be a part of a team where together everyone truly achieves more, a place where dance is a part of who they are as they encompass unity like never before, then the Birmingham Flares is who they need to connect with. So please contact Ms. V at 479-899-2618. Again, that's Ms. V. 479-899-2618 for more details. And if you have a business or an event that you would like to have advertised on our show, please contact me at info at for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break again, but you are in for a special treat, so don't you go too far. We will be right back.
Hello, this is Victoria Baylor, an intuitive mindset and brand confidence coach at www.victoriabaylor.com, and you are listening to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show. Amen, amen. Miracle worker. How many of you know that God is a miracle worker? And he's the same God back then. He's the same God right now. The song says you have to declare it over your life that God is a miracle worker. And I don't know about you, but I know that he's a miracle worker. Welcome back to the Conference Cafe Radio Show. As promised, um, we have an amazing guest for you all on this evening, uh, True Survivor. And she is here today to share her testimony of hope and healing with us all. And I tell you guys are in for a special, special treat on today. Miss Patricia Williams is from Columbus, Mississippi. She has two adult sons, Nicholas and Khalil. She's been working in healthcare in the healthcare system for over thirty plus years and still works as a personal care assistant. She loves to research family history. She loves to bake. And most of all, spend time with her family. So without further ado, I want you guys to put your hands together for a true survivor, Ms. Patricia Williams. Well, good evening. Good evening, Ms. Patricia. How are you? I'm fine, Paula. How are you? I am good, good, good. Thank you so much for um, coming on the show today. Um, there's so much going on in the world right now. And uh, for those yes, who are just joining us, um, our guest today uh, is here. She's a true warrior, and she's a recent COVID-19 survivor. And she is here to share her experience with her battle with the coronavirus and her tear-jerking testimony of her COVID-19 diagnosis. Today, you're going to witness strength, perseverance, and a will to live like never before. So, Ms. Patricia, um, I just want you to say hello to the listeners in your own words. Just say hello to everybody. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I want you to just get comfortable. Um, I know... Um, this is a different interview for us um, because a lot of times most of the interviews I have authors on, and, and uh, but uh, I wanted to be obedient to the spirit of the Lord and um, have you come on and share your testimony. Um, again, mm-hmm. uh, a recent COVID-19 survivor, we just want to talk a little bit about your journey through this ordeal. Uh, again, I just said it, uh, our world is in a state of crisis right now. And for me, I've never seen us in a crisis like this before. You know, we've gone through several mm-hmm. things, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, but, yeah. man, going out in the grocery stores and talking to people and having to wear a mask and not being able to embrace your friends, you know, your family members, it's kind of weird, you know. So how, how is that for you, being able to, to, to go out and having to do these things now? What do you think about it? It it is it's traumatic. It's you just when you go out with a mask on, you can't see people's faces. A lot of times when you go out you don't you don't recognize who you're seeing and just like you said, you can't embrace people because a lot of times when we go out 
that's that's the most time we see a lot of people, and we can you know embrace them and hug them and talk about it and share a lot of you know share some things that that's been happening or just it's just depressing. The whole ordeal is just depressing to wear masks out in public. It's it's just depressing. I agree with that, you know, and I tell you, it's to the point where I have masks in my purse, I have them in my car, so if I leave the house without my purse, if I just take my wallet, I know I'll make sure I have mm-hmm. masks and hand sanitizer and everything like that, even in my vehicle. And so um, life has changed for us. It's changed. Yes, the way we do things. We're just, not, yes. we're just not used to that change. Right, and, and I think that's why so many people don't really understand and that fight against having to stay home, having to, you know, socially distance and things like that because it's mm-hmm. something different and it's something that's new. Right. So, well, let's just go back to the beginning. Let's, let's go back to um, when you first got your diagnosis. Now, had you... Had you attended a function or had you gone anywhere, or do you know how um, you may have contracted the virus? I absolutely do not know how I contracted the virus. I worked wow. that week, and um, I went to I went to the grocery store that that Saturday, and um, I came back home, and I felt. I mean, I was fine that 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 day. It was on March the 28th, and I was fine. I was feeling just fine. So about noontime, I started feeling different, and my body started, like, pain, and it was hurting, and I was having chills, and I was, I had a cough. I usually cough because I was diagnosed with bronchitis back in January. So, but my cough was during the day this time. And I had body pain, so I said, let me go ahead and take my temperature. So I had a fever, and my fever kept going up. Instead of going down, it kept going up. And so my son said, well, Mama, if it's not going to go down, we're going to go out to the emergency room. And so that day we went to the emergency room, and I was explaining to the to the doctor that came in there my symptoms, and she um, did a flu A and B test. She did a strep test, and she did the COVID test. Mm-hmm. Well, by um, that night, on the 28th, my symptoms was getting worse. Seems like it was getting worse. And so she, she, they came back, and they said that I didn't have the flu A and B test. It came back negative. The strep came back negative. So the only thing that was left was the COVID. So that came back positive on March the 30th and it it just seems like my symptoms was just going downhill and downhill from there and then that Friday I got my tests up back from my COVID test on that Tuesday and that Friday I ended back in the emergency room which was April the 2nd that night because I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe. And I told my son, I said, I can't breathe. It looked like every step I tried to make, I couldn't breathe. So he took me to the emergency room again that night. And that they admitted me into the hospital. 
because I had pneumonia in both lungs. So they mm. kept me in the hospital that night, and they um, they began giving me treatment that I needed for this. They was giving me antibiotics. They was giving me that hydrochloroquine, and oh wow, was, um, really. Yeah, they was they they didn't know anything about the hydrochloroquine, but they was uh, giving it to me, and but it was so miserable. It was so miserable in the hospital because no one was allowed, no family, no nothing was allowed in the hospital. It's just you and a cell phone, and you had to communicate. I had to communicate with my son through cell phone and to let him know what was going on. And I was telling him that they was giving me this hydrochloroquine, and I told him I don't want to take the hydrochloroquine. And so he he called to the to the nurses station to let them know mm-hmm. not to this you know dispense that to me anymore. And right. they, oh my gosh, and I I don't know if they it was just awful. Because I, after that Saturday, they released me, sent me home after being in the hospital. They sent me home after one day with double pneumonia to get well at home. And since then, since I've been in the hospital, I've been going back and forth to the emergency room. It's like every week I'm back in the emergency room seeing my doctor, back in the emergency room, seeing my doctor. This has been an ongoing week since March 28th. This has, are you going this back to the really emergency been, room because of pain? Are you, are, is it pain that you're experiencing yes. or additional yes. symptoms are, okay. Yes, it, my doctor, my um, primary care doctor, he told me that it left scarring on my lungs. So I've been going back to the emergency room because I've been had so much pain to my side and and in my upper chest. It has been it has been so much pain to I just couldn't rest at night. But let me tell you, when I was laying in that hospital bed and didn't have no other family with me and I the window was open where the blinds was open. And I looked up. I wanted to give up, but I couldn't give up. I stared at that wonder, and I stared at that wonder, and I stared at that wonder, and I said, God, if you're not giving up on me, I'm not giving up either. And I stared, and I stared, and I couldn't go to sleep. And finally, finally, I did get some rest. I did go to sleep. I did go to sleep after staring at that wonder. But it has been so depressing. It has been, it's just depressing sitting in the house, sitting in the house, not being able to go out, not being able to see no one, just just not even being able to breathe fresh air. You just, it's so depressing. And then when you go to the doctor's office, it's, it's like they take all your humility away from you. They don't want to touch you. They don't want. And matter of fact, they didn't touch you because they was doing car visits. They was talking to you by cell phone outside in your car. 
and all that just it's just it just take a toll on 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 a person. Yeah, I can imagine. I guess emotionally and mentally, all of that. Yes, um, it's, wow, it's all of it in one. It's it's physically, emotionally, mentally, all of it in one. What about your? Yeah, I have been. I know, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh-uh, go ahead. What about lack of taste or smell? Did you ever lose your lack of smell or, or taste? I did. It took, I did. I, I lost my, my, my sense of taste. I lost my sense of mm-hmm. smell. My sense of taste has just now begun to come back. Just now begin to come back. Praise God. But my sense of smell, it it has came back stronger than ever. But my sense of taste has just not began to come back. So, do you say? Let's talk about some of the medications and treatments that helped you the most. So, um, I know you said they were trying you on that particular drug, and you mm-hmm. told them you didn't want to take that. So, did they replace that with something else, or no. what types of medications no. and treatments did? That you got relief from the type of the, they they gave they sent me home with the hydrochloroquine which I did not take mm-hmm. and they sent me home with the azithromycin which is an antibiotic I took that mm-hmm. and I finished it up and the most relief I got was from a boil my my son. He 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 boiled me some lemon and and um, orange peels and and honey, just a just a normal fixture, and I got more relief from that than I did from medicine. Wow. I he in a my primary care physician. Huh? Is that something that you drink yes. or something that you use? Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, you can no, I put a towel over my head. It was a steam. I put a towel over oh. my head and I it was a steam. Okay, got and it. I, you I inhaled, inhaled that, right? all that you steam. Inhale it. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did read where um, you know, um that seemed to have helped because it really opens up your nasal passages and you know that that mm-hmm. That hot steam, you know, would would drain, would cause mucus to drain and uh, flow easily yes. up in, you know, through your respiratory system and your nasal cavity. Um, yes. So, how many days would you say did you just feel the worst of the worst of this thing? Was it when you were in a hospital, or the times when you when you were discharged and came home? Oh, that's it. From from March the twenty eighth up until recently, it's well. From March the twenty eighth, I'll say about to maybe April, maybe the end of April mm-hmm. was the worst of the worst. They told me when they um when I was in the hospital, they told me I went to the hospital. It had been seven days. Before after I had 
went to the hospital to be to get tested. So they said, well, you're on your halfway point, so that um, you should be getting better. But on my halfway point, and after that, that's when look that when I was getting worse. I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. Mm. So they told you you had to just, after you went to the hospital and they sent you home, they just wanted to tell you, they just told you to quarantine? Yes, they told me to quarantine when I was home because I still had the virus. I wasn't over the virus, mm-hmm. but I still had to quarantine. Well, they say, just they say, Wait, wait one second. For those who just joined us, we have um, Patricia Williams here, the recent COVID-19 survivor. She's here sharing her experience with uh, with her battle with the coronavirus. Um, she's talking about her symptoms and, and the experiences that she had in the hospital. Our phone lines are open. Um, if you would like to dial in, if you have a question or a comment or, you know, just want to leave some words of encouragement, uh, please dial 657-383-0898. That's 657-383-0898. And um, we will bring you live on the air. Um, go ahead, Patricia. Um, yeah. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. No. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, I, listen, we, we were talking about the time, you know, during the quarantine time, when they sent you home, and we were talking about, you know, some mm-hmm. of the things, the, the, the most painful days for you. The most painful days were the days that I couldn't breathe. Those were the scariest days when I couldn't breathe. Yeah. A lot of days, it's just, they, they every time I went to the emergency room because I couldn't breathe, they said that my lungs had to heal. So they and I couldn't take anything. I didn't take anything because I didn't know, and I couldn't get in to see the lung specialist because they was only taking particular people at the time. So mm-hmm. I was just doing things to try to strengthen my own body. I was just trying to. I was trying to exercise. I was trying to drink. I was trying to inhale and exhale like they told me to do on this little uh, thing they give you from the hospital. I was doing that. Right. So I was I was trying everything that I possibly could to strengthen my lungs. Oh, wow. Okay. So did they tell you those deep breathing exercises are, are the types of things that could help strengthen your lungs and things like exercise, walking, and, you know, being able to allow your lungs to expand and inhale and inhale, you know, exhale deep breaths? Yes. They did. And okay. the most, they, um, that spirometer, I think that's what you call it, a spirometer, that's where yes. you, um, that, that's to keep the, the pneumonia out of your lungs. So I, um, I did that several times a day, several times a day. And it helped. It helped. It really did. Well, that's great to hear. But medication-wise, um, I, I don't see where the medication helped me because on March the 28th, I had just finished. I had just before, I, prior to me going to the emergency room on the 28th, 
I had just finished uh, a 10-day round of antibiotics. That same Before you even went to the emergency that, room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had just finished around the antibiotics. So that same so antibiotic, then you had to go I was taking at home Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you had just finished around the antibiotics and then got, you know, ill, and then you had to go back and take another round of antibiotics. Yes. So again, our phone lines are open six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. If you're listening via phone, if you just press the number one, and we will bring you live in to speak uh, with Miss Williams. Um, if you're listening via the internet, then again, please dial six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. If you're listening via phone, then if you just press the number one, it will alert us, and we will bring you live. So Patricia, let's talk about. Uh, the wearing of masks. Would you agree that wearing masks is vital to our well-being right now? Anytime you leave the house and go out, because I know I see so many people that are not wearing masks, it is frightening. It is frightening. And I think it is vital. It is vital because you have so many people that have coughs, they have sneezes, and they're not realizing how much that stays in the air. So if it's in the air and if you're walking through it and if you mm-hmm. have your mask on, that that's a that's a sense of protection. But if you don't have it on, that that's a risk of you catching the virus. I, I really do think I the do. mask is important. I do, too. I totally agree with you. And I want to encourage our listeners I know that uh, some of you may not want to wear masks and you don't think it's fashionable or I don't know. Uh, I know our president doesn't wear masks, but I, I would, would want to plead with every listener to please wear masks. We have a survivor right here telling you and she's sharing her journey with you all and she's allowing you to see, you know, the challenges that she's facing even now. And so, Um, wear a mask if you're in public. I go in the grocery stores and I see people that don't have on a mask and it just scares me. It really does because I don't Mm -hmm. understand how Mm -hmm. so many people are out without masks. Um, We have a caller. We have a caller. Thank you for calling. You're live on the air. Yes, I just want to say to Patricia that I am so proud and so thankful that she didn't give up. And like she said when she was staring through that window, that she told God she was not going to give up. And I also want to praise her son because it appears that he did something for her that the doctors couldn't do for her. And that just let Mm -hmm. us know God's got always got a ram in the bush to help us out. Yes, he does. Like I said, just keep yes, the faith and keep on getting stronger and stronger. But I just wonder, did they ever uh, send you home with any oxygen with the pneumonia? No, ma'am. They sent me home with no oxygen. Oh, wow. Not even an inhaler? 
they gave I had an inhaler prior to that, but the inhaler it didn't really help. It didn't really help any. So I stopped using the inhaler and I just started using the spirometer, which increased helped increase my lungs. Well, I just like they to say that with no oxygen. People that are listening, we have really been in the midst of a miracle, and we just need to remember that as far as the mask, that we're not just protecting ourselves. You got to think about other people, and think about the mm-hmm. hundreds of hundred and I believe almost eighteen thousand people that have died. And this stuff is serious. So please yes, don't it take it. And like she said, and I truly believe that she put all her faith in God, and that's what has brought her through. And I just say yes, keep ma'am. on keep the faith in God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> you know, just keep your faith mm-hmm. and keep pressing forward and keep trusting God. Uh, we have another caller. Yes. Thank you for calling. You're live on the air. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, son. Hi. How you doing? How you doing, brother? I'm good. Thank God, I'm good. Amen. So um, is this your son that, that, that told the doctors not to administer the medication? No, no that's my youngest. Baby boy. Oh, baby boy. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in. And I'll, do, you have a, a, we just want to say, you know, we think that your mom is awesome. She's a, 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 an amazing survivor here and just full of, you know, her strength to just come on the show to share her journey and, you know, even, you know, you and your brother, you know, thank you both for taking care of her and ensuring, you know, I'm sure it was a scary thing to be there and not have your family there with you. So uh, we applaud you as well and your brother for being there for mom and ensuring that, you know, she was able to get the care that she needed, even though you weren't physically able to be there. Yes, ma'am. I, I appreciate it, and um, I'm glad that you're doing all right. She's a strong, black, beautiful queen. Tell me, um, I work for Amazon myself. Um, we wear masks all day, and I see people without masks all day. And there's more people dying every day that I see on CNN. This is not a joke. Wow. We take it light for a joke, but it's not a joke. Um, up here, I make sure all my customers safe. That's the number one reason to me because I'm also a truck driver. But this is the thing about it. If, if we're not want to save ourselves, then who can we save? But yes, we need to save right. each other. Instead of mm-hmm. just, um, just going around and just, you know, laughing, he ha ha, and we are our buddies. And we can talk to our buddies over the phone, but face-to-face is, is, is bad because it's got so bad where I told one of my customers, I said, she didn't give me six feet, but I told her, man, can you, I just want to respect you. Can you give me six feet so I can protect you? 
And she said, yes, I can give you that six feet. And, you know, um, I just pray every day because, like, no matter what situation that we're in right now, God is going to always have us no matter what. Because he he is powerful and he is wonderful and he's an awesome God. And I don't know whoever thinks that they like him, they're fools. But he's the highest power. And we have to, we have to listen to what he is saying to us. He is giving us this bad president and he brought this virus to us. So we need to open up and read the word and when people say put on your mask put them on because it's worth saving a life it's just like black lives matter that worth saving a life wearing a mask is worth saving a life too and i commend all the nurses because they are on the front line they see it every day like my mom she's a nurse but I, I, I'm blessed that she was a nurse because if she wasn't a nurse, um, we wouldn't know how to take care of ourselves, you know. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I just thank God for her and thank God for her being my mom and being here and still continue being a strong woman. And how, how, how did you feel as her son, you know, when she gave you the news? You know, I'm, I'm sure it was scary, you know, from a child's point of view. Yes, ma'am. It was, it was, uh, it was very scary. Um, I love my mom dearly, and I just don't want to to happen to her. And I'm, the, the main person I'm very proud of is my oldest brother because he, he did his job as a son. Um, he he took he took it upon his own hand where the doctor couldn't can tell my mom nothing and you know it it just became that and I'm proud of him for that. Well, we are proud of you both, and we are really appreciate you for calling in. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Mom. I love you so much, and you know continue being strong, baby. Well. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh, what an amazing! That is so awesome. Amazing, you know. Just you know, that has been awesome uh, to have your children stand yeah. by, family stand by, you know. And like you said, just because you were a nurse, you know, they paid attention mm-hmm. to the things that you did, you know, to you know, in regards to self care. Yeah. And so, for your son yeah. to be able to you know, listen to you and, and tell those doctors, you know, hey, mom doesn't want to take this particular medication. And so, you know, you know, and, and, and look what, you know, what happened, you know, as a result of that as well. So, exactly. um, and also, and I heard him say the mask and, you know, and, and asking people, don't be afraid to ask people to, hey, you know, can you, can you back up a little bit? Can you give me six feet? Right. Um you know, when you're, if you do have to go out to the grocery store, I know a lot of times I try to do pickup instead of having to go in, but there are times when I do have to go in sometimes, and I'm like, God, you know, if someone's standing too close, you know, I don't have a problem saying, mm-hmm. excuse me, can you kind of back up a little bit? You know, you can do it in a nice manner, right. but... You can't um, I, I mean, 
Yeah, you can, and you should. You should, especially mm-hmm. if they're not wearing the mask. <laughs> right. You know, there's such a but, such a controversy about the mask. Some people are saying, uh, you know, some media is saying, well, if you haven't contracted the virus, don't wear a mask, and the mask is for only for people who had the virus. But I would just say, please wear a mask. Because, you know, yeah. whether you've had the virus or not, because you really don't know if you right. are a carry. You know, you could be asymptomatic and not showing any symptoms and not know exactly. that you have it. Right. And, it, and it's just so important to people. They, they're afraid of losing their freedom. But if this you contract this coronavirus, you're losing your freedom because you can't mm. go anywhere and you can't do anything, and people treat you like you just like you're not human. I mean, they treat you like wow. you're not human, and and that's a loss of freedom. So it is very important if you if people want their freedom, they need to put the mask on. Stop acting like this is not out there because it is. The numbers are not going down; they're going up. They're going up. That's right. They are mm-hmm. going up daily. They yes. are definitely going yes. up. And, you know, I mm-hmm. know businesses are opening up, restaurants, and and people are gathering, and, you know, and it's just not safe. And uh, it's, no. it's disheartening to see the number of people that are out socializing as if nothing has ever happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I'm... I I was an outgoing person. I love to go. I love to hug people and tell them I love them. I love I love doing that. And now I can't mm-hmm. do that. It frightens me to even go places and just mm-hmm. be around people. It it frightens me. And that's a sense that has been taken away. The coronavirus has done that. It has taken that away from me. And that's not a feeling that I like. It's 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 just not. What is some of the advice that was given to you by the medical professionals? Did they give you any advice on what to do while you while you were home recovering from the coronavirus, or did they just send you home and, and you know what type of instructions or advice did they give you? They really didn't know. They really didn't know the kind of what kind of advice to give me because. This mm-hmm. was new to them. The coronavirus is new to doctors. They're going by what's going on with your body and how they can, how they think they can possibly treat it. They really don't know how to treat this virus, so they're just taking steps at a time. They tr- they trying to treat it like it's the flu, but drugs from the flu don't interact with this virus. Mm-hmm. So they really don't know how to how to give what kind of advice to give you. All they can go on is what you tell them and how you feel, and they they just they just have to do the best they can because they really don't know. I was the first patient for my doctor to have the virus, and he he didn't know. He 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 really just didn't know. Well, again, if you're just joining in, we are here with Survivor 
Patricia Williams, a recent COVID-19 survivor, and she's here sharing her experience with her battle with the coronavirus and, you know, just uh, uh, telling us of, of the things that she's encountered on her journey, you know, her will to live, her strength, her perseverance, and um, just how, how she just survived, her conversation with God and, and the strength that, that she obtained from that conversation to not give up or not give in. So if you have a question or a comment, um, you're welcome to dial in 657-383-0898 and just press the number one. Um, Patricia, now that you've contracted this virus and, you know, you're going through this journey and you're healing, how has this changed the way that you see life as a whole? Oh, I see life so much different. I have always mm. praised God. I have always given God his glory. But I have a different walk. I have a different talk. And I I praise him even more because when I was down sick with this virus, I called on him so much. And I told, I told God, I said, Lord, I know you're tired of me. I know you're tired of me, but I have no one else to call on. I have no one mm-hmm. else to call on. I told him that the doctors don't know. Nobody knows about this virus. So I have no one else to lean on but God. No one else to lean on but God. He brought me through this virus. Amen. I yes, still Lord. have I still have all I still have scars from this virus. But he's going to bring me through this virus. He's going to bring me through all those scars that this virus has left behind. He's going to bring me through that. And I have no doubt that he won't do it because he's brought me this far. Amen. Amen. We have another caller. Hello. Thank you for calling the Conference Cafe. You're live on the air. Yes, I have a question. So I heard... um, Patricia say that she was diagnosed but still sent home. Was it a reason that they didn't keep you in the hospital? They never explained. They never explained to me why they didn't keep me in the hospital. They kept me that Saturday. They released me that Sunday. They they didn't explain to me why they didn't keep me in the hospital. Okay, and then you said that you've had to go back um, basically since you've been discharged because you're still having complications from the virus even now? Yes, ma'am. I'm having I'm having to see a cardiologist in which I have some inflammation inside that they don't know where the inflammation is coming from. I've had scarring of the lungs. So, yes, I'm still having complications from this virus. We're praying for you um, and praying for your healing, Patricia. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Amen, amen. Yes, we're definitely, definitely uh, praying. Uh, We have another caller. Thank you for calling the Conference Cafe. You're live on the air. Yeah, this this is Cheryl. I just want to say, you know, just praise God 
for what he's doing for Patricia. And, you know, when she was talking about the ma- wearing the mask, um, you know, the word tells us that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Yes. And you walk around, and I'm, I'm like right now, I'm literally, I had to come to the laundromat to dry some clothes. I'm the only one in here with a mask on. Wow, so I can't God. get back in my car. I can't get back in here and get out of my Thanks. car. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I look, and it's our race of people. They don't understand. This stuff mm-hmm. is taking us out. And I sit here and look at them, and I'll be, I want to say, don't you people understand? You need on a mask. They just lollygagging around like this is nothing. This stuff is real. Yes. yes. It's real. Yes, you don't know who you you around all these people. You're partying. You're doing this that. You don't know yes. who got what. You don't. And it don't take but a few. It don't even take a second to put a mask on. You right. can still breathe. So I can't even get <laughs> back in my car instead of sitting in there. I mean, you know, it's only a few people in there, but no one has on a mask. And then they look at you when you come in with one. <laughs> like something wrong with you because you got on a mask. So you know, I just thank, thank thank God for what He's doing. And you know, we I I know He's going to continue to, you know, heal Patricia because she's she's a testimony. Yes, mm-hmm. You are a testimony, and, and you here, you are here for other people. You are here to give someone else hope. And to give someone else, you know, a testimony when this happened to them, they're going to see that. Well, God did it for you. He'll do it for them. So I just praise God for you. you. I just praise God for you. And pray your continued in the Lord. Yes, indeed. Amen. Thank you for calling it. Thank you for wearing a mask. You know, as you said, so many people. Amen. 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 Uh oh, hold on a second. Well, I got white skin. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do too. I have wipes and, and sanitizer and masks in my vehicle. So uh we have to yeah. use wisdom. God gives us wisdom. Um and, he and does. you know, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're one and you know you have underlying health issues, um you know, just do the wise thing, do the smart thing, be smart about this, you know, wash your hands, wear right. your mask, wear your gloves, and do those things, and do them properly, you know, learn, educate right. yourself on how to properly put on your mask, and take off your mask, and take your gloves off, and put them on as well, so mm-hmm. um, we have another caller, um, hello, thank you for calling, you're live on the air. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Thank you for calling. This is Lestine. I'm calling from Flint, Michigan. I was listening to Patricia as far as the stuff that she was inhaling. So if you are continuing to do that, but keep that up. We have a registered nurse at our church, and she says that anything that's acidity, lemons, oranges, stuff like that. It helps Mm -hmm. to cure all of that that's within your lungs. Also to the ones that's going out with with a mask, 
coat the inside of your nostrils with Vaseline. That will give mm-hmm. you added protection. The virus cannot pass that Vaseline. Yeah, I've heard that. Con- yeah, yes. continue continue your breathing. Also, you can gargle mm-hmm. as far as the healing of your lungs, the scar tissues in your lungs. Gargle with apple cider vinegar also. Okay. That'll, that'll continue your healing also. A lot of doctors will not tell you this, but our nurse shared these things with us to help us to protect ourselves against it. Mm-hmm. Amen. But, Amen. yeah, coat your okay. nostrils with Vaseline. Continue with your breathing thing, the inhaling of that with the lemons, the oranges, and you can also gargle with apple cider vinegar. And I thank God for your testimony. And on the other side of this, you can't go back to being normal. Like you said, your life is different. God kept Mm -hmm. you here so that you can live a different and better life for him so that others will see that testimony through you for him. I love you and we'll continue to pray for you. Thank you. And I love you too. (laughs) All right. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, there there are uh, lots of things that uh, we can do um, that, you know, traditional doctors may not know about, you know, things like oh, you're right. saying, the steam and the gargling. Um, um, I know that mm-hmm. mullen, mullen is, a, is a natural herb, and I'm not a doctor. Let me throw this, let me, let me throw this disclaimer out there, okay? Um, the, the callers that are calling in, um, none of us are doctors. I'm not a doctor, and so I'm not recommending that anyone practice any of these things, but these are just things that we've done that um, have helped us and that we are sharing. And so um, mm-hmm. mullen, mullen is a good herb, and it's for respiratory, it's, it's for your lungs. Sea moss, sea moss is also yeah. good. And uh, these mm-hmm. are things that are good for your respiratory health. And, um, and so, you know, we just kind of have to use wisdom to do the things, like you said, and, and, and we as a people, as African-Americans, as black people, we need to exercise, we need to eat better, we need to watch the things that yes. we do to take care of our bodies, and I truly believe that that's why the death rate is so high among the African-American community uh, because, uh, you know, our bodies are ridden, you know, with diabetes and and, and, and various things, you know, different things because of, of, of how poorly we eat and we don't take care of our bodies and we don't exercise and we don't do those things. And so, you know, garlic, mm-hmm. uh, turmeric, uh, those things are really good for the body. Beef um, and, and, and um, um, black seeds, all of those things are really yeah. good, good for the body. So, you know, if your traditional doctors don't know about these types of things, it's okay to seek out a holistic doctor to ask. Just ask. That's right. It's not going to hurt right. to ask. You know, it won't hurt to ask. So, um, Patricia, um, I know you said that, you know, this has just really given you a whole new outlook on life. Now, I know that you mm-hmm. are a, a health care provider yourself. And so yes. how would you how would you say are, are that people <laughs> – you know, what's your outlook now and the way that you see those that essential workers, workers on the front line, you know, uh, do you think that people should have a, a deeper appreciation for the things that the doctors and the nurses are doing? 
Oh, absolutely. Yes. The nurses, the nurses are wonderful. They have frontline care. This is my experience in the hospital and going to the doctor. The doctor, not so much. The doctor stood in the door of the hospital to talk to me. The nurses, they that was my family when I was in the hospital. They wow. they was caring. They was they they was just they was just super. And yes, they we everybody should appreciate everything that the the nurses well, even the doctors that, that, that jumped in there. I'm not gonna say all doctors but some. But the nurses are frontline they they jump in there, they do what they need to do and they and it was so appreciative of it and they were so caring. I, I really did appreciate that when my time was in the hospital. I appreciate everything they did. I really did. Amen. And they came in, they talked to me because I had no outside family none other than by phone. And nobody understand how Lonely and depressing that is, unless you got your family there with you. Normally, it would be different that your family can come in and sit with you, but no one can do yes. that. I worked in the nursing home so many years, and at that point, I understood right then how a patient felt when they had no family coming in. I I understood mm-hmm. that right then. And it's a lonely, it's a lonely thing to go through. It's very lonely. And, you know, and I agree with that, you know, and my prayer is that for those who uh, unfortunately um, do, you know, contract the virus, that, you know, they they know the Lord and that he is, you know, gives them peace that surpasses all understanding and that he's, you know, gives them a calmness because family members cannot go um, you know, right. um, according to the to the CDC, uh, some of the major symptoms again: fever, coughing, and shortness of breath. And although this is not all of the symptoms, um, no, um, these are some of the things that you need to know. You know, anyone can have mild to severe symptoms, um, pre-existing conditions, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, um, seem to. Um, those with those underlying conditions seem to experience more severe complications. Um, symptoms may appear two to fourteen days after exposure: fever, chills, cough, shortness of breath, fatigue, muscle body aches, sore throat, congestion, runny nose, mm-hmm. um, vomiting, nausea, diarrhea. Now these are not all of the possible symptoms, okay, but some. And um, yeah. According to the CDC, um, should seek medical attention if you're having trouble breathing, uh, if you have a persistent pain or pressure in your chest, uh, new confusion, inability to wake up or inability to stay awake, bluish lips or face, and, I, and, and not, these are not all. So anything, anything that's concerning you, you know your body better than anyone else. So if you're experiencing anything that's out of the ordinary, that's persistent and not going away, you know, I'm going to encourage you to um, to seek help. Well, Patricia, um, we're down to our last question. 
Um, I want you to share with our listeners what the word conqueror means to you. Conqueror means overcoming what you are going through, that you have conquered this, I've conquered this virus. And if you're going through anything that you need conquering through, that prayer, if you believe in the power of prayer, then you can conquer all. Amen. That's a conquer right there. Well, I tell you, we are proud of you. And and I don't normally do this, but we're going to take a praise break right here because we are so proud of you. We are excited with you. We are praying for you. And we know that God is going to continue to heal your body. You got 30 seconds. Put your hands on it.
We truly, truly enjoyed you all this evening. Don't forget to join us every Sunday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for amazing testimonies of hope and healing. But before you go, I want you to remember that life can sometimes present a series of events that can lead us down paths in life that can be discouraging and full of frustration. We must remember that it is our relationship with God that sustains us when we reach our limit and we want to quit on this journey. You can do two things, stand firm and persevere, or you can give up and give out. You have the power to choose, and the choice that you make has the power to alter the course of your destiny for the rest of your life. Have an amazing week, everyone, and remember to keep making the impossible possible by spreading your own broken wings as you continue soaring by the power of God, transforming your traumatic events into empowering moments. Until next time, I'm your host, Twyla Reed, also known as your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. For speaking engagements or consultations, please email me at info at And if you have a testimony of hope and healing that you would like to share with the world, let's connect. Good night, everybody. Take care. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you. a little bit, y'all.
in every area of your life. And I want you to remember who you really are. Your name really is victory. God bless you, everybody. 